the things that we always did was take blankets to the hospital with us. And then we would bring those blankets home prior to bringing the baby or babies home so that the dog can start to smell that new smell that's fixing to come and get ready. The biggest thing that I want to make sure of is try not to talk in high pitch voices. Don't get really, really excited. The best thing is to walk in the house and act like this is just the way things are. Whoever said babies and toddlers don't come with an instruction manual never met the moms on call. For nearly 20 years, Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter have helped over half a million families navigate parenthood with their best-selling books, online courses, apps, and network of certified consultants. And now they have this podcast to talk directly with you. Ask your questions at 888-234-7979. Welcome to the Moms on Call podcast with Jennifer Walker and Laura Hunter. Hey, Moms on Call. My name is Sarah. I'm from Alabama. And my daughter, Lucy, recently graduated to the eight-week schedule. And she's been doing great going down at 7.30 p.m. She usually wakes up uh, around once or twice in the night for feeding. But we've been struggling with decreasing her daytime naps from two hours to an hour and a half. I try and push it as much as I can by changing rooms, changing positions, engaging her, taking her outside. Um, But I was wondering if you had any tips for shortening those daytime naps so hopefully we can drop a nighttime feed. Thank you so much. I love your books and I enjoy the podcast. Sarah, so the good news is they can sleep up to two hours for those naps during the day. That's not impacting that nighttime sleep. And you have that 15-minute grace period on either side of the times that we're talking about. So it's two steps forward and one step back. We're going to get to more no nights with feeds soon enough. So just hang in there. You know, you can definitely use distraction during the day. We talk about preschool centers almost. So it's five or 10 minutes of tummy time, five or 10 minutes on their back, five or 10 minutes of walking outside, five or 10 minutes of snuggling with them. But it's okay for them to sleep up to two hours for those naps during the day. It's like circuit training when you describe it that way. It's like taking your baby, you know, for their own little gym experience. They get to be at this position and that position and indoors and outdoors. And I know it seems like a lot of work right now, but the older that they get, the difference that it makes. Babies actually double their birth weight by the time they're four months old. So they're growing so fast and things change so fast that probably in about two weeks, This won't even be a question anymore. You'll see that they're really responding to all this really great hard work that you're doing. So keep up the good work. We love doing this podcast. We love getting to interact and hear your voices and your questions. So thank you for that. Well, many of us have been there, Jennifer, where, you know, our spouse doesn't get home from work until after seven o'clock at night. And so what do we do with the routine? Can we shift it? Can we shift things around? How can we realistically do that when our spouses aren't getting home at the same time as the bedtime routine? Oh, I love that question so much. I just love that we're really concerned about being able to provide connection, you know, with everybody and the baby. And so moms on call, we're all about connection. Tender time is one of our favorite times. We'll talk about this all the time. 
And so we can make adjustments. We can go, you know, up to an hour later if we need to shift the whole schedule an hour either direction. And if there were a better reason to do it, I don't know what it would be. But to let somebody else be able to get home and love on your baby. And, you know, it's really sweet to be able to do that bath time to come right in time for bath time. If you're getting home a little bit earlier, regardless of, you know, which partner is doing that and they're fussy, then please don't take that personally. They have to get their energy out in the evening to be ready for that long stretch of sleep. So it's not you. <laughs> that is just so true. Fussy, right? It's just that fussy time of the night. And so, you know, yes, you can shift that routine. And you know what? Sometimes families, that spouse or partner's not getting home till much, much later. So you're outside that 30 to 60 minute shift window. So can we look for other opportunities for that connection, right? I think, Jennifer, I can remember you saying, well, try doing breakfast together where they get together and and have that connection in the morning time. So there are some options there to help, but uh, we've all been there. That's for sure. If my babysitter calls in sick, (laughs) oh, where is this going? And I have to work with my baby from home. Are there any tips on how to do that? Depends on what age we're talking about. On the ages. It depends on what type of work you're doing. You know, it's a game changer if this kid is mobile. So like a baby under, you know, seven or eight months when really they're kind of starting to crawl. Game changer. Game changer. Underneath, like if they're younger, you can absolutely set up a safe place and have them to where you can put them down while you're doing some of that work. Because that's reality, right? Sometimes we have to do it. I also think that it's okay to to know that it might be a little bit loud. Kind of schedule those meetings if you can around those nap times on the mom's on-call routines, that will help. It does make it easier to have the routines, yes. It really, really does. And then if they are mobile, if your kids are more in that eight months of age or older, then you definitely want to have those safe spaces uh, that you can always keep your eyes on them because they can get into stuff pretty quick. (laughs) You remember those baby on board little suction cups that they would have on minivans for a while? I think you should get one of those and just be like baby in boardroom, you know, (laughs) baby in Zoom call. Like just, I have to give you the heads up. You could be a dad, you could be a mom. Some days bring your baby to work day. Dog lovers, you know, it is. It's tough when you bring these new babies into a home with our fur babies. And so this question is tips for bringing babies home to a house with four dogs. So a house full of love. (laughs) Full of love. We love our fur babies. And one of the things that we always did was take blankets to the hospital with us. And then we would bring those blankets home prior to bringing the baby or babies home so that the dog can start to smell that new smell that's fixing to come and get ready. And then one of the biggest things, Jennifer, is when we bring those babies home into the house is to let those puppies or those dogs kind of smell the feet and sniff and see what that smell is. The biggest thing that I want to make sure of is try not to talk in high-pitched voices. Don't get really, really excited. The best thing is to walk in the house and act like this is just the way things are. Just that confidence of this is just the way things are. 
The other thing is to never leave a baby unattended with the dogs. As sweet as our dogs are, as much as we believe that nothing would ever happen, dogs get excited. They could run and step on the dog because the doorbell rang, you know, at the most unexpected time. So we just always want to make sure that those babies are placed out of reach. Uh, And a pack and play is always a great place when you're downstairs, of course, the crib for those nap and sleep times. But we do want to make sure that that they're always supervised and watched because those puppies can, can get away from us pretty quick. So blankets brought to the hospital, then bring those home a little bit early. Make sure that we're not talking in those high pitch, excitable voices. We want to come in confidently like this is just the way things are going to happen. We want to let those dogs smell those feet and let them kind of see these new sounds. Uh, Also, one thing, Jennifer, that I heard of is that you can actually take some baby sounds and start to play towards that last six to eight weeks before those babies come home. So some babies crying, just kind of let that play just so those dogs kind of get used to those new sounds that are going to be coming up. Yeah. And um, never place your kids between a dog and their food. That's always a rough spot. But I love what you said, uh, just about being supervised, being safe, not making any presumptions, which is hard when you love your dogs so, so much and you trust them, probably some more than some of the people that you know. But still, um, you know, Laura's right. They can be really unpredictable at times and a little bit of good news. I want to leave you with some really, really good news with a study that was done recently on families who had pets. Those kids grew up with less allergies. And so I just want to say that, you know, there's going to be a lot of good things, not just love and lickings and all those fun things that we get to see online, but also may help be somewhat preventative for some allergies. So have fun. Be safe. My name is Sarah. I live in Laguna Beach, California. I have a 21 month old who will be two in October and I'm bringing my next baby home in October. And these two, given that we live in a tiny place, will be sharing a room. And Moms on Call worked so well for my first baby. And I'm so nervous about doing it with two room sharing. Can you please go over any tips for room sharing? When should I put the babies together? All of that. I am planning to use a mini crib next to my bed for the first little bit just to get them used to the crib and then hopefully roll it on over whenever you all say it's time. But I would love help to, you know, under two, just barely shared room. Any tips? Thanks so much. Bye. The great news, Sarah, is they learn to coexist. So, you know, yes, we want them in your room until we're pretty much sleeping through the night. So somewhere between that eight and 12 week mark, once you start to get to that point, then we can definitely move them over into that other room. And especially since you said you have the mini crib, the mini crib is really safe, but we want that to be as far away from the kitchen of their favorite restaurant, which is you, in your room when they're there as possible so that that's not distracting them and waking them up more than they typically would be in a separate environment. But we can totally do it that way. So try and just get them as far away as possible, follow the mom's on-call guidelines, and then When that baby that is born in October, right around maybe 
Christmas. I don't know. It could be Valentine's Day, but probably around Christmas, your present's going to be. You get to move them into the same room together. And one of the biggest things that when we make that transition to know is we don't save the quiet one. We actually help them do exactly what Laura was saying at the beginning is we help them to learn to adjust and accommodate each other. Thank you for listening to the Moms on Call podcast. If you have a question for Jennifer and Laura, call 888-234-7979. Visit momsoncall.com for resources to help you parent with confidence and thrive, not just survive your amazing parenting journey. 